that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to the race hour in association with bookmakers.com kindly sponsored by our friends at the tote.co.uk as you are no doubt aware by now these are not the dulcet tones of Mr Dean Ryan who is actually away this week so instead you've got myself Darren Hughes in the host chair and I'm delighted to be joined uh, first and foremost by Dermot Nolan. Dermot how are you? All good Darren how are you? Absolutely grand flying now Um, we've got race hour regular Paddy Ass with us as well and how's all in that neck of the woods Paddy? Afternoon, Darren. How are we doing? Yeah, all good. All good. Uh, not a whole pile of racing to talk about, but we'll uh, from last week. But we'll get we'll get through it. And then, last but certainly not least, we have a hotshot French tipster, Gary Conley, with us this week. Um, Gary, how are you? All good. And that point is waiting on the bar for you next time I see you for that nice intro. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me back on, lads. No worries. Delighted to have you. Uh, look, lads, we'll kick on. We'll do we'll do a week review. Um, there wasn't exactly a huge amount as I sort of alluded to. to um, to review uh certainly from the uk with the inclement weather um affecting a lot of race meetings a lot of stuff cancelled unfortunately we lost the, the linkfield winter million um meeting this weekend as well which is the guts of a million quid gone down the swanee in terms of prize money but we did have a bit of racing from ireland and we'll start off with a uh, allegory devassi who i think is in around favorite for the mayor's chase at, at cheltenham this year uh she obviously gave paul townend a bit of a scare dermal i'll go to you first what do you make of the performance I thought she was brilliant. Really good. Um, the first fence obviously being an issue. Her jumping is a concern for anyone who's going to weigh in on her at those odds. I mean, she's the last two, the last day as well. She she kind of nearly ran away with the young jockey there and then the first here. But once she did that, there is that air about her that that, that there's an awful lot more to her. Um, I ended up in war on Twitter about this because I still said she shouldn't be favoured over impervious anyway. But... Uh, just focusing on her for a second she looks quite good she looks very very good but at this juncture just looking forward to uh, Cheltenham she hasn't achieved more than impervious and um, the horse that was interred that day uh, the last day and the second to, to allegory to Bassi, the last day was beaten as well uh, by journey with me who obviously impervious beat I think impervious is the one to beat in this division, but Allegory Varsity, she's very good. And if she continues on the progression and she handles Cheltenham and runs as well, we could be looking at something very, very special. And they all have, have to do with a beater. But at this junction, Darren, I'm not overly scared about her. That might be some famous last words right there, you know? Uh, listen, it's uh, it's always good to take a view on these things, Dermot, and that's certainly not something you're shy about doing. Uh, Gary, I'll go to you next. Allegory Devassi, she, she is just narrowly holding favouritism. Um, at the head of the market, the mayor's chase. Uh, she's about seven to four ish, lot shorter in some places. And impervious is kind of fifteen to eight, seven to four ish. Just to, depend on where you shop around. What did you make of the performance on Sunday? And would you have her over impervious for the mayor's chase, or would you have neither of them? Or what? What was your overall view? Um, like she, she does have a serious engine on her. Uh, probably just shows a state of anti-post at the moment. Cutting her off on the back of that performance, like, um. She beat absolutely nothing. Um, she jumped, jumping wasn't great. Um, like she caught town end, un- unaware of the forces pose. She jumps out to a right. Um, 
I think he's priced on reputation um, alone more so than what she's actually done on the track. Impervious should be favourite. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like she's she is going to be punted. She'd probably go off. I'd say she might go off odds on. Just uh, she is just one of these horses that'd be thrown in the the Willie Mullins hot pot cumes. I would say um, one in the race like Scarlet and Dove. I think's the one to back in the race at the moment. She's she's very solid. Seventh one about. Um, she she's definitely going to run a race. Al Gorley, like she's she's making mistakes and she's not been put under pressure. She will be put under pressure in this race. Um, if a jumping holds up, she does have an engine, but at the price now, um, I think it's silly. And I I won't be weighing in behind her. Scared and dove in that race for me at the moment. I think. Yeah, that's a uh, not an uncommon opinion at this point. I think there's probably maybe a little bit of value to be had trying to fill that uh, that that third spot in in the betting. So, uh, wouldn't disagree with you there, Paddy. I'll ask you the same question. What did you make of um Rich Richie's? I was going to say maybe his uh his star at the minute because he doesn't really have a standout. It's not like if when you go back maybe ten years ago where he had uh, a cacophony of superstars one after the other. Whereas I think he's kind of looking for the next one. But what did you make of Allegory Devasi? No, I think I think that's a fair shout by you, Darren. I think she's going to be well up the pecking order now, isn't she? Of of certainly of the Rich Ritchie team going to Cheltenham. But I know I sort of dropped a bit of a bombshell on the boys on last week's pod, thinking I would have her over impervious. And Dermo is absolutely spot on. All, all the boys are spot on there as regards to jumping. But I just watched her Limerick race back again this morning, and she was even doing the same that day with Sean O'Keefe. She wasn't going out to her right, but she took a lead early doors, which I think was far better for her. Um, but she does tend to come up out of the jockey's hands here and there. But simply because of the difference in size and stature between her and Impervious, she's got the size and the scope and, and just the pure athleticism about her to do it. And she's gonna she's getting away with it. I think at the minute it's lack of concentration, an awful lot what she's doing. Um Obviously, the going right thing at her list the other day was a little bit of a worry because she didn't go right at all in Limerick. But I think when she does get it right, I do love her technique. She's very round, gets her back end up in the air and just think she's got bags of scope and plenty of engine there as well. Um, I think with a lot of Willie's shorties, Darren, in their, their Cheltenham preps, because they're such, they've been such freebies on the front end, we're not getting any description of a gauge because these horses are really just, they're, they're dusting on the way around, um, probably making hard work for their jockeys at times just to keep their mind on the job. We've seen it with a few of them. And I think maybe she was that way out the other day, but I always harp back to Ruby is very, very positive as regards jumping around Turles. He says if a, if a horse will jump around Turles, he'll jump around any track. And she was never in any danger of falling the other day. And... Yeah, look, they sh- she shouldn't have been tightened up at all on the front end of the market, but I definitely think she should be at the head of it for sure. Very fair comments there all around. Um, I am just going to pick up. It's 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 not in the run order, so apologies if I'm landing you lads in it here a small bit, but just on maybe the topic of anti-post betting in general, I can't remember a worse year than this ever for horses being cut for very little reason, for trying to find a bet in the market. Like, there's horses there that are... Six to four, seven to four, two to one. In past years, it would have been nine to two, eleven to two, six to one, seven to one. And I'm going to come to you in this, Dermo. My theory is that the bookmakers can outlay these markets to suit in the sense that all anyone, all young lads want nowadays is to say they had their fiver on such and such 
a year out and they're happy enough to take any price just so they can, you know, post a screenshot on the day. And I think that because the, the way that those bets actually, you know, controls the anti-post market at this point, the bookmakers can lay pretty much whatever price they want. They don't have to lay big prices anymore. And they can lay threes about something that maybe should be six to one, knowing they're going to take cash in anyway. Maybe that's a completely wrong view, but I'd be interested to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's 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 just sad the state of it now, but I suppose it's 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 just a sign of the times. The the bookmakers just there is no opinions now in, in bookmaking anymore. Really, it's kind of tracking. There is obviously here and there opinions, but not anywhere near like there used to be. So what ends up happening is they're all just tracking each other. Like you know, when you see a sea of blue now on on Twitter or sorry on, on odds checker etc., it is literally that the the, the prices are just start full-on collapsing and they're all tracking each other like even looking at it now like marine national is fours across the board apart from bet 365 who, who kind of stuck their head out a small bit and gone five to one but every every single one of the others and um, they're all simply tracking each other now so all that leads to is is that as one starts going shorter and shorter they all just start following the appetite to to actually take a bet now a big bet antipost is completely gone um and those days probably of the likes of Min nearly doing it at, at huge odds and horses like this probably just just put the fear up them. The the whole the whole days, Darren, where bookmaking was a risk enterprise is now gone. Um so what that means is that on a day to day basis it's tough enough. But when you won't take risk full on with an anti post book, it leads to a situation like this and all all that ends up happening is is that I would usually, honestly, in years gone by, I'd have 30 to 40 anti-post bets by now. Um, genuinely, I'd have uh, Akers when you'd have a winner at a weekend. I'm pretty sure, looking here now, I've got four bets down so far this this season. Um, and it's it's just, yeah. It's, it's just not good. It's frustrating. Like, I'm in a similar boat to yourself. I, I'd say like, if you go back three, four years ago, I was probably riding into the week 2025 bets. I have a grand total of zero this year. And I genuinely mean that. I've not got a single thing. No dead bets even. I actually haven't had a single wager. And it's just, I don't know, it's, you'd be a bit disillusioned with it. Gary, what's your, going to be nosy, what's your antipost book looking like as, in comparison to what it would normally look like for the festival this year? Have you gotten involved or are you just a bit fed up with the same as myself and Dermot? Uh, well, unlike yourself, there is a few dead ones in mine already. Um, yeah, like the game's gone, anti post. It's um, it probably started when they were adding on these races, and um, the bigger stables having a monopoly where they're sending these horses, so they're priced conservatively, and there's no risks really taken, just because they get picked off by inside info once the the decks are made. I think nowadays probably the only chance you do stand anti post is in the handicaps. Um, if you take an opinion on on one that's you think's been lined up for something like the Martin Pipe, there's a few interesting ones there. But in regards to the championship races, it's you have what three three or four bookies actually pricing it, and the rest are just scraping um, and following following their lead and. As, as Demo said, any move on one, it's a sea of blue and odds check or everywhere else. Um, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. Like, it's just, there's no real point. You're not going to really get much value now uh, compared to the day of the race on half these selections. Like, all these short ones, they're not going to get any shorter um, than they'll start on the day. And they just seem to look for any excuse just to, to get a quick soundbite, a quick me- uh, social media hit, just saying what well, they 
cut them into an outlandish price. But yeah, for me, it's 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 it's, it's a dying, if not dead, business anti post now at the moment. Yeah, as an art form, it's certainly been um been uh, cut in two, I suppose you could almost say by um by by the bookmakers. Look, so look, it would probably that that could be enough maybe the down and beat um conversation we'll just have a quick chat but maybe anything else that caught your eye over the weekend lads i know Fakir Duderis was good though he probably looked beaten all ends up by hot on color before he came down uh the good bumper horse and the munir colors uh it's for me was out paddy i'll start with you did anything else catch your eye from the weekend doesn't have to be those two or what did you make of those two that did run well i was good at for hot on colors because although he was the lowest rated in the field i felt that he was a horse he would still yet to put it all together over fences. Still not really sure. A great ride to that point as well, Paddy, was it? Brian Cooper nailed it, I thought, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and still not really sure what he did at the last fence because, you know, Cooper committed him and he came and, you know, he got the landing gear out. And I don't know, it was a funny, funny sort of fall, really. But you can't help thinking that Joseph's horse was just, at the time, flat to the boards and, and he was actually getting going when you see how far he's finished in front of front of french dynamite he was a horse who was rattling home so it would have been it would have been a good race but i did feel for for cooper's horse for sure um i thought the horse that beat um billaway in the hunter's chase fernlock obviously he looks a good sort doesn't he and i mean the the christies they had their heart broken at cheltenham by billaway last year and but i don't think he's actually going to go to cheltenham listen to to what the christies I've been saying after, but there was a horse at Navin on Saturday, Darren, and I thought this was one hell of a buy by Paul Nolan. I mean, how on earth he picked HMS Seahorse up for 24 grand? I'll never know. Um, because even at the time, I know he didn't have many miles on the clock on the level, but to pick an 86 rated flat horse up for 24 grand is a fair bit of shopping. Um, because I was reading down to his profile the other day and even listened to what Paul Paul Nola was saying about him after. He cost 24 grand. Now he's won them back over 60 already. Um, and then the other day, that was his first go back after being gelded. And, and even, even up until now, he's done very well. He's won a good flat handicap as well. 25 grand handicap on the flat. But Paul Nolan says that this is a different horse since they've gelded him. Um, now I know there wasn't much in it. The other day, but in the end, he did hit the line strong. I think HMS Sears, the handicapper, has popped them up to one three nine. But even still, interesting to see he's got a couple of entries at the the DRF, and they've given him two entries, one over two mile and one over three. So, um, you know, they're quite flexible as to, to where they're going to go with him. But just, I was very positive after listening to Paul Nolan the other day, Yard, who's who's just starting to to get going again a little bit and they could have a real big day even again even though he's he's, he's paid them back and 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 some already hmsc horse i definitely thought was was one to to keep on the right side of for now yeah no disagreement here he was it was pretty impressive i think that's a performance that kind of been waiting for um with this horse you know i think they kind of thought he might be fairly well handicapped over sticks after his win uh in that big handicap in the curra didn't really do it in Galway, kind of ran a little bit below himself, but um, yeah, well-deserved win for the HMS Seahorse team. Um, Gary, I'll come to you as well. Anything else from the weekend that really impressed you? Yeah, one one that stood out for me was in the Hunter Chase at Turles. Uh, Ferns Lock put up a seriously good impression. Uh, slammed Bill away about 20 lengths. 
Um, unfortunately, it doesn't appear he's going to be going to Cheltenham. Um, Davy Christie came out after the race and said he's, he's more a next year horse. Um, Davy probably has a stranglehold on that race. He has Vosselet and wing leader at the head of the betting. Um, but this one looks like he could be better than both of them. Um, he just has a serious change of gear towards the end of races now and he, the way he pulled away from Billaway was was very impressive um, shame he won't be going over this year but he's one to keep on side um, in the big hunt that chases this year probably punches down toward the end of the season as well yeah I think he said the plan is the Tetra team I think that might be a Goran and then there's a champion novice hunters chase at Stratford or somewhere like that I think it's what, yeah, uh, is what, is what the plan is for Ferns Lock so yeah very exciting uh, in, in that particular discipline and Dermo we'll finish out with yourself there from the weekend was there anything else uh, aside from allegory Devasi that maybe we haven't discussed already or anything else you wanted to point out that you thought caught your eye yeah I actually built up two more antipos bets um well done. on Sunday uh Shambali uh kid or was it Shambali yeah, yeah Shambali uh, kid, yeah. beat beat my <laughs> call this horse Monty's pass on Sunday on, on the race hour and I got torn out of it but uh Monty Star Monty Star to me is 50 to 1 for the Albert Bartlett, and he's entered today for it. That to me screamed out when Manella Indo finished second to Alaho um, and was just a bit of a child, didn't know what he was doing, and then finished off really strong. If you watch the way Monty Starr finishes out the race, it's really, really strong. Looks like he's booked for third and then just kicks into this beautiful stamina. And at 50 to 1 for an Albert Bartlett, considering those owners, this trainer, this jockey have all had this this form that they know I know that they have the favorite but I really loved the way that this horse shaped and with this those owners will definitely send this horse I think um and I loved the, the, the finishing performance but Shambali Lad the winner was the exact same looked in trouble to out and kicked on um Giganstown obviously haven't had the best of luck in the Albert Bartlett really overall uh but this is with Willie this is a horse who also uh, looked like a really good uh Stayer. So in a really open race where I'm not cracked at all about the front end of the market, Shambali Lad and uh, Monty Star, two horses that will follow the recent trend of uh, horses with few runs kicking on uh, there afterwards at Cheltenham because the Albert Bartlett, the form for that has completely flipped. You now don't need to be to have had 20 something runs. Um, you can go in there like the nice guy last year had one run pre pre Cheltenham, didn't he? So yes, yeah, so those two definitely at 40. And 50 to 1 there, and I thought that was a really, really good race. Yeah, absolutely. No disagreement here. I think there's a lot of commentary afterwards. All right, the first two in particular look like nice prospects. We're going forward. Okay, perfect, lads. Look, we're going to take a very quick break here. And uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to discuss some Cheltenham anti post markets um, for all that we've run them down, maybe in the first half of the, of the podcast. <laughs> we're we'll going through three, three of the main races on the first day when we come back. So just a quick break. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. Good afternoon and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast. In the first half of this week's show, we discussed some action from the weekend and kind of lamented the loss of anti-post betting as an, art, as an art form. So naturally, what better way to come back in the second half of the show and discuss three races from Cheltenham from an anti-post perspective, uh, starting with the champion hurdle uh, <laughs> over two miles in the first day of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Paddy, I'm going to come to you first. Look at Constitution Hill is uh, long lads on favourite here, one to three. Did hear a couple of whispers last week. There was a story in the Sun 
that uh, he had perhaps come back from a gallop very stiff and a little bit sore, which I think Nicky Henderson wasn't too impressed with that story leaking out. Don't know if anyone else saw that, but it was there was there was a couple of bits in the sun about it. But apart from that, he probably does look a little bit bomb proof. I mean, Willie is going to try and fire a few darts. Honeysuckle's going to come back and try and win a third champion hurdle. But all in all, do you see any way the favourite doesn't doesn't win here? Not really, Darren. It's one of them races at the minute. You're just sort of scanning past the champion, aren't you? You're you're looking at it as a, a bit of a bit of a done deal, really. Um, I mean, I hope the mayor comes back and acquits herself well at the at the Dublin Racing Festival, and then it would just add a little bit more excitement going forward. But it, it sounds silly, but you've got to start looking at the champion hurdle now in in as a distance bet uh, on what we've seen of him, uh, really, because. There's nothing else to get excited about because he's beaten most of them so far and, yeah, just can't really see anything jumping off the page that's going to put it up to him. But the fact of the matter is that's simply because he's looked so good. So, you know, it's it's not like it's it's a major puzzle or, or um, you know, we're, we're scratching our head trying to figure this out. He just looks so good that none of these horses have, have faced into anything like this before. So... Yeah, it's, it's one of them races where I, I do find myself just scrolling past lately and, and, and trying to look at something else, but it'd probably be a distance bet for me. Confident words there from, from Paddy Aspel. Yeah, look, it is a bit of a, a fait accompli if I can, I don't know how, how good or bad my Latin is there. It could be the, the wrong way to use that phrase. But uh, Dermot, I'll come to you next. Um, Constitution Hill 3's on. Does it make any appeal? Will you be a bigger price on the day? I suppose we're kind of waiting to see what happens at the the Irish equivalent at the Dublin Racing Festival. Is there anything else in the market maybe that makes an appeal to you at this point or is this very much uh, one-way traffic? It's very, very much so, yeah. It's not a race really to be kind of weighing into. It'd be good now. Hopefully, Honeysuckle's back to her best, if nothing else, to see how good Stateman is. You know, if she puts Stateman back in her place, it either means he's not as good as we think she is or she's back, you know, because seven, eight to one on the day. But Honeysuckle in that race, for me, which is a three-horse race, because um, as good as Vauban was the last time behind Stateman, I, I just don't see why he makes up that um, that distance. In my opinion, I just think Stateman was holding him really comfortably, um, regardless of the time off. But yeah, Honeysuckle, to me, is the one that that, that can chase home Constitution Hill, but uh, it's definitely not a race, Darren, that I have any interest at all in getting involved in yet. Yeah, listen, it's it's kind of it's fairly hard to get enthusiastic. Like, as in, look, we spend so much time, I suppose, begging for superstars in this sport, and then, you know, one comes along, and we spend a lot. Then the rest of the time, we spend lamenting that he's you no, know, he's no price to bet in a in a, cha- <laughs> yeah. in a champion hurdle. So I think we're, we're a finicky sort of group as racing fans. But Gary, I'll come to you just to round out the the champion hurdle discussion. Um, do you have any angle into this, or is this very much a sit back, stick him in a fourfold if you're so inclined, and and just watch? Um, at the one to three now, the main price here, he'd have to be against one to three. Although it's very hard to beat, just a one entertain those type of odds. Um, Honeysuckle, I'd be dead against. I think she's done. Um, particularly with mares, once they sell, they sell very quick, and that the form can just uh, really, really hit rock bottom. So I can't see her turning around. I think her best years are behind her. Um, one. One market I would probably get involved in is the without Constitution Hill, and I'd probably go with Vauban. Um, now, I probably wasn't as impressed with as many at Christmas for his run. I, I thought he probably should have beat Statement the way that race was run. He's a speedier horse. 
um, from France anyway. So I thought maybe you just have a bit too much um, zip from up the home straight with the, the missed hurdles. But uh, getting the benefit of that was his first run in a while. Um, I just think the, ra- the way the, this race will be ran, uh, there could be a lot of pace on up front. Um, statement likes to get on with the Constitution Hill as well. And depending on, on which of the rags, there's a few front running rags in there. So it could be well run. And Vauban's probably going to be ridden for speed. And hopefully the, the ones up front cut each other's throats. If Constitution is as good as he looks, he'll be away and gone. And he could have just broke the hearts of the, the rest of them. And Vauban would be um, the one to pick up the pieces, come from behind, chase him home. Um, he's a fair price now at the moment with L. So that's probably the, the play for me at the moment. Yeah, not an unreasonable angle to take into the race. I, the impression I get from the Mullins camp is that they're expecting an awful lot of improvement from Vauban because all the chat around Christmas time was that he wasn't ready to run, or before Christmas, I should say, was that he really wasn't pleasing them. And then I think after, I know Statement fairly put him away, but Willie seemed fairly positive about Vauban's chance. He only to wanted to talk about Vauban after the race, didn't he? That's all yeah. he wanted to talk about, which was very interesting, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, sometimes with Willie... Um, I find it's it's what he says and sometimes what he doesn't say that's every bit as interesting. I, I think my impression of Fasil Vega, like I know the Supreme isn't on the, the, the list here, but just indulge me for a second, is that you know he's, he seems to be more impressed with that horse after his last two starts over six than anyone else does. And my impression is that that's because he, he probably hasn't done a whole pile with the horse at this point and feels like he has more improvement to come um, from what he's seeing at home, like again, that could be completely wrong, but it's just you know, Willie. No, that's probably fair. Yeah. If I think there's a, you know, there's reading tea leaves and then there's reading Willie Mullins, and you know, one might be more nonsensical than the other in terms of trying to do it. But I often find with him, if he can just kind of try to speak a bit of Willie, uh, you might have some joy in, in figuring out his plans and and sort of how he feels. Uh, look, next race we have lads on the on the running order, and um, we'll stick to the Tuesday. It's the mayor's hurdle, um often a competitive fixture and probably is actually not a bad little race this year to be honest um marie's rock is five looking to come back and repeat last year's heroics uh love envoy four to one brandy love nine to two and i will stick with you gary on this one do you have an opinion on the race at this point um epitant obviously another interesting one despite the fact that her her trainer forgot to enter but um yeah i i suppose i'd love to get your thoughts on how you see this going yeah, like it's it is a competitive race. Um, there's a few that uh, would catch me. Like Brandy Love, uh, be obvious interest, but um, if she is, if she even still alive, um, you don't know. Like there's not much coming out about her. Um, hopefully, is that race she ran in last year? I don't know if she's gonna rock up there. Um, she came second in Echoes and Rain. Uh, she was running very well. Um. At Fairy House, when she came down, um, she seems a reasonable enough price at about 10s. And another one for me probably be telling me something, girl. Um, like not, last time I went Nate's, I've seen rocking horses jump better than she was. So that's probably got tailed our, our fencing career. And um, she comes here. I went back and had a look at the race last year. She, she was fairly tanking along when she got brought down. And back to hurdles, she, she could be dangerous. Um, 14 to 1 about there that looks and uh, I know we are this in the anti-post markets but that could be a bit of value in the 14s there yeah very fair no no disagreement uh, on that front uh, Paddy I'll come to you next Mare's Hurdle 
what do you make of it? I suppose is, is one question I could ask of, of it being in the programme, of it being a grade one of the Cheltenham Festival. Do you have a, a take on this year's race? It's quite odd to see Willie Mullins without a short price fab in this. Yeah, it is. Um, I suppose you've got to take tip your hat to Nikki the way they've minded Marie's Rock because I don't think she's the, the easiest to keep the wheels on and they've done incredibly well because she went right off the boil at one point. And the fact that she's a obviously a syndicate horse as well with the, the Midland Park. Um, you know, it's a real good story all around, but at times she can go with the choke out. Um, interesting to see if there's enough pace on for her here, but I love the mayor of Harry Fry's love envoy. I think they've done a great job of training this mayor and obviously Brandy love has got the upper hand on her. The last time that they met, that's the last time she was beaten love envoy, albeit ran another solid race and, now, there's not many will go to Cheltenham and then fetch over to Punchestown and run the race. We see so many bomb out. But although she was beaten, she didn't. And she's just quite flexible ground-wise, trip-wise. Like she, I've seen her go around in very w- deep winter ground, but she's got plenty of form on good ground also. But she's not slow, but she stays. Just, just very little angles to, to come at this mare and, and knock her. Um, her mark, I was just checking... Earlier on, she has gone up now to where has she gone up to one four seven. So you know this is a real, real good mare. I just think that there's very few frailties to Love Envoy, um, and obviously a, another syndicate mare as well. So another great story for connections. But I think they've got a real good one here. Yeah, wouldn't disagree with, with, with all of the above. and They have done a brilliant job with this mare. And it is nice to see, because often with these syndicate horses, you kind of would sometimes look and go, look, maybe you're getting maybe the bottom of the bunch sometimes, or you know, you might be getting done in. But to see one there with a very reasonable chance in a, in a group one, or a grade one race, I should say, at the Shetland Festival, is, uh, is obviously great to see. And Dermot, I'll come to you as well. I don't know, what do you make of this division? Is it a division you like? Do you see an angle into this year's race? Or what do you make of it? Yeah, Gary completely, clearly just hacked my computer there and took every note I had. But the, um, the <laughs> I'm, a big, <laughs> I'm a big fan of, uh, I'll tell me something I'll talk about in two seconds. But first of all, and I know Nicky Henderson comes under flack, but Nicky Henderson, in fairness to him, at times with horses can be quite brave. Like when Bouvard Air came back from a hurdling or chasing career and went straight hurdling. Marie's Rock of any year, she's already won a mare's hurdle. Surely she has to go to the stairs. Um considering how good she was in a rail kill last time. Nikki also has Epitant, who, who could go for the mayor's hurdle, and Constitution Hill, who would go for the champion. Like, surely after how good Marie's Rock was over two miles four last time at Cheltenham against the boys, that she'll step up, she'll get seven pounds here. Uh, we'll talk about that now in a minute, sorry. But uh, tell me something, girl, for all the reasons that Gary said, I know it was early enough, two out, and the way Marie's Rock won, toughed it out, was very good but tell me something girl was traveling all over them last year in this race Rachel Blackmore was so confident she actually kept her to the outside and went around them all coming to two out just to make sure that she avoided everything and then unfortunately the horse in front of her just fell on the outside and brought her down I was absolutely heartbroken because I'm I was convinced that she was coming to to win that race that day by the time she got the punches down then she was over the top Last time, as Gary said, she jumped like an absolute table. And whilst at Punchstown, yeah, again, whilst at Punchstown she was beaten, that can happen. Henry de Brom is a real target trainer, and I think she was ready for that day. She comes into this race with one one race under her belt more than likely. I can't see her. I mean, another run, that was pretty much identical to last season. Um, so 
in my opinion, considering how good she is at Cheltenham, the fact that she was probably going to win last year, uh, going back over hurdles will only suit her. I think her price is absolutely huge, absolutely massive compared to this time last year. Darren, I was napping her for the festival already at seven to two. So at um, at fourteen to one or eighteen point zero on the exchange, and you'll probably get bigger on, on the day with the tote. Um, I would be going for tell me something, girl here, Darren, and quite confidently too. Yeah, Jesus would be an awful shame to leave her behind at that sort of a price when you were so confident last year. So certainly would not put you off, Drama. I could definitely see the angle there. Um, clearly not a chaser, but she jumped out. Like you can nearly make an argument to take Harry Drama's license off and how bad she jumped the last time. <laughs> and considering that's that's his forte, just yeah. she's clearly not a natural because you know Henry could get us jumping fence as well. Honest to God, she, yeah, yeah, she just didn't take them at all. Though. Yeah, and look, that happens, that happens. Um, right, look, Derma, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, last race on our running order this week from an anti-post perspective is the Stairs Hurdle, which uh, this year, is it's another race that's actually relatively open, I think it's fair to say, um, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of competitiveness. It might, it might not be the pinnacle um, of quality, but um, home by the lead, look, I don't think anyone expected him to be favoured for anything outside the donkey derby uh never mind a grade one at the Cheltenham festival and yet here he is four to one head of the market blazing cal seven to one uh tiapu seven to one paisley park looking for a repeat with ten to one floor and porch are kind of be half doubtful to make the race so i see he's been clipped in a bit today so maybe there might have been a positive update about him and i'll stick with you on this Dermot. do you have an angle into this race at the minute surely home by the lead four to one is one of the better um favorites of the week it's a mental, mental market. Uh, Rory Fitzgerald, who'd be a friend of the podcast and a, a very good punter on Twitter, said that had someone told you 12 months ago that uh, Teopu would be vying for favouritism for the Stairs Hurdle with Home by the Lee, you'd have asked them who, who their dealer was. Um, I think that's that's completely right. I mean, Home by the Lee has been brilliant and this horse might have just improved beyond all measure and I can see why somebody would be confident. But God almighty, it's very hard to, to think that maybe the division in Ireland is just really poor this year and that maybe he's just the best of a very bad lot. He could still just be the best of a very bad lot and win this, but God, I'm very, very keen to take him on, to be honest. Um, the one that I've been on all season at slightly bigger, 9, 10 to 1 or so, is Blazing Cal. Uh, I was absolutely enthused beyond belief to start seeing money come for this horse because, as we know, now I know he's not in a gambling yard down in Charles Burns wouldn't be prone to a bet or anything, but uh, Blazing Cal definitely is one that uh, is, I think, a good deal better than these. So if he can manage to get a run into him and Charles is happy with him, because I think people forget sometimes that Charles Burns is known as this gambling yard, but people often forget that he is just a superb trainer of horses. Uh, what he did with Solwit, what he did with Weapons Amnesty back in the day, all these horses, um, People do forget that sometimes with him, um, that he's not just a gambling yard. There's other yards that I think are are renowned as these these as landing these brilliant touches when all they do is they get a horse 20, 30 pounds below their their weight and win a race with them. Blazing Cal is from a yard that 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 uh, deal with brilliant horses. Uh, so I do really like Blazing Cal. And the other one who I've already mentioned, Marie's Rock, Middleham, I'm calling out, uh, run this horse in the stairs hurdle. You are never going to have the chance to have a mayor who could be a stairs hurdle winner easier than what is right in front of her. Look at the horses ahead of her in the market. Sir Gerhard is not going to run. Monkfish, again, is he alive? Asterian Falange, an absolute dope. Hatan Kalors, if he ran here, he'd be quite interesting. But again, I don't see him running. Buzz, 
Again, coming back from a long-time injury. Sharjah, no guarantee at all that he runs here. St. Sam, the same. Florian Porter, um, nice to see Blue there to see that, that he's probably running, but he's 50-50. Ashdale Bob, not good enough. Classical dream, you never know what the hell you're getting. Paisley Park is older than us. Um, Tihopu, again, we've no idea about his staying. The, the more you go up the market, Maurice Rock is a cracking bet at 25-1 to 1, I see there. Uh, absolutely cracking bet and I do hope that they run her here Blazing Cow's my main one Darren but I think Marie's Rock's a cracking bet as well yeah you make a compelling case and I, I wouldn't disagree at all but Nicky Henderson being Nicky Henderson I think he's I knew you were going to come back that's why I started with the praise of him <laughs> yeah I know I know I know ah, look, I think he'd sooner have two darts for the Mare's Hurdle but then again if he keeps forgetting to enter all the fucking horses he won't have any darts for any race so that's <laughs> not anyway, that's neither here nor there uh, Gary I'll come to you next on this race uh, Stairs Hurdle do you have an angle into it it's an absolutely shocking race, like, isn't it? Um, yeah, like Demo said, the money for Blazing Cal would be, be promising enough now. Like, he could go off really short if he, if he does make it there. Um, he is the, the one standout that could have a bit of class. Like, it's it's such a poor division that it's just crying out for it. Some to just stand up and and take the race with a scruff of the neck, I suppose. Um Tiopo, you'll see, entered in the Galmoy on Thursday. So um, the way the anti-post is, he'll probably be 6-4-5 if he wins that one. Um, just looking down through the rate, the, the other entries as well. Um, you're just trying to be trying to be too clever. You could probably fall into that mistake. Uh, Buzz um, appeals somewhat at a price. Um, Monkfish, but... Like you just yeah too clever and you just having value losers probably. Uh, Gelino Bello I suppose might be one. He's entered in the Cleave on Saturday. Um, Nichols said if he runs well there. He's going stairs. Uh, good enough form last year. Uh, he could be one. He could be a springer there if he runs well. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just an unappealing race for me. Bar Blazing Cal if he if he turns up um, in the the form he showed last year, you'd be tough to be. Yeah, I suppose he, he really is the the horse on everyone's on everyone's lips at the minute because he seems to just be the one that has the the potential, we'll say, to, to really turn this market on its head and to, and, and to really, you know, turn the race inside out. Um Paddy, what are your thoughts on Charles Burns's I don't want to say stable star, he has a few handy animals down there at the minute, but I'd say he if this lad was fitting fitting well, he'd certainly be to the four down there. Oh yeah, he's a proper tool, Blazing Cal, and it's I'd imagine it's very frustrating for connections that you know it's getting quite close to the bone now, getting him there, uh, whatever the issues are. But you would definitely be encouraged to see, as Dermo says, that there's maybe a little bit of money flickering from now. That would definitely be a positive. But I'm quite behind Joseph's horse, Home by the Lee. I just like the way when they zoomed in on him at Leperstown, he looked like he was not doing an awful lot up the running and I mean if it's possible for this horse to still be on the improve I don't know that that's maybe the only question but there's no doubt he's pretty solid you look down to his form without being outstanding you know he's always been sort of knocking on the door of of being sort of half tidy this home by the lead another you know good solid festival run last year and he's maybe just a horse who's in a good place at the minute and you know Joseph his jumpers at the minute I know he keeps chatting on about scaling down with the jumpers i really hope he doesn't because it appears to me like he, he really enjoys training these jumpers and obviously only got a select bunch but they're of a very good standard and i think maybe looking a bit further down the race it would be interesting also listening to 
Gavin Cromwell at Navin the other day, he was reasonably positive about Florian Porter, said they get a lot of swimming and stuff into him. And, and the one thing about it is Gavin is starting to have winners again. They weren't running badly, but just not many from a winning. Another winner there today at Down Royal. So you could never rule him out. But I think if Willie runs St. Sam here, he'd probably have other options as well. Now, St. Sam, he's a real forward-going horse. Um, but I just thought if there was enough pace on the front end here, he could be an interesting one. I think they're trying their best to stretch this horse out trip-wise as a herder. It's just not happened for him over fences but I think he's got plenty of ability and the fact that even though he won the last day he's still doing an awful lot wrong this fella so they couldn't really shorten him so he's maybe a bit of value if they decide to come down this route with him saying Sam but I'm not going to desert home by the league because he's a horse who is in a real good place at the minute and, and I'd love to see him pop up at the stairs but it could be quite an interesting race this and I suppose we can't rule out. I know we might see Paisley again at the weekend in the Cleve, but I mean, how good has Paisley Park looked this season for a horse of his age? It's it's an incredible bit of training by Emma Lavelle and, and, and Barry Fenton because I certainly didn't predict that he was going to have the season he's had so far. And so it's it's probably, although there's doubts about one or two turning up, it's probably a deeper race than than we first visualise. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't disagree with, with anything you've said there. Um, St. Sam, I was actually in Punchestown when he won on New Year's Eve. And uh, yeah, if they could just teach that horse just to settle himself, run half a mile an hour slower, um, I think he definitely has the engine to uh, to compete over this distance. And yeah, I think I said to Durham earlier on today, if home by the lead was any horse but home by the lead, he'd be nearly the best four to one shot running the, run the week at Cheltenham. Because it, as, as in terms of the form book, he looks absolutely rock solid. But it's just that niggling down in the back of your mind, will he back it up um, due to his overall profile? But who knows? He ran okay in the race last year, so let's see. Right, lads, we're very nearly at the end uh, of this week's podcast. I'm just going to finish out. Do you have any fancies for the weekend at this stage? Uh, Paddy, I'll come to you first of all. If you haven't, it's no worries. We're, we're five days out. All the entries and stuff aren't in yet. But if there's anything you fancy for the weekend, do let us know. I was just looking. At, is there no Irish race in the weekend, lads? Um, it should be, surely, should... shouldn't it? I was looking. There. I couldn't. Oh wait, no, sure. Sorry, it's uh, five days away. Wouldn't have the Irish entries just yet. Right. Wouldn't have the Irish entries. No, Ferry House yeah, is on yeah. all right Saturday, but yeah. there's no. Um... Yeah, yeah. Nace, Nace is on Sunday. There's the uh, the Grade Ones there on Sunday. The, or it's not the Grade One. The Grade Three. Like the race that. Uh, Willie Mullins always uses towards the four milers on. Right. On Sunday, right. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking. I thought. I thought because you do. You do what miss out the odd Sunday, but. When I looked at Saturday and didn't see any at all, I thought I'm uh, I'm dreaming. This end. no, is it? Sorry, no, there there just mustn't be, is there? Are no, just fair, fairy house on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, perfect. But I mean, the, there's some cracking over here on Saturday with Doncaster and Cheltenham, and I definitely thought there was a couple of inches. I focused more on Doncaster lads, and there was a couple in there that I liked. There was one of Nicky Richards running in the um, Skybet Chase, the 350, a horse called Tafu. Um, he's only rated 114, but he's very, very low mileage over fences. And this is a race that Nicky's got plenty of previous in, but Nicky doesn't normally campaign horses like this. He pitched this fella straight in over fences up at air on his first run back off a mark of, I think he was... It was either 84 or 94, but 
it is it's just not really the done thing for Nicky Richards and he actually Did he overturn a big gamble that day, Paddy, or am I making that up? That's Was there a massive punt on uh, that horse, the the vacuum pouch fella? He had a horse in that race. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly the horse. Um now I think on the day maybe you swap the jockeys round and, and you might have got a different result. Uh, but still Nonetheless, he managed to get the job done and he was green that day. He did get turned over the last day, but I still actually think he ran okay. And the market, when he ran that day, was telling me that they weren't really bothered where he finished, but he actually ran okay. But like I mentioned, this is a race that Nicky has had a bit of luck in in the past and he could definitely be open to more improvement. It'll be only his third start over fences and then one just other quick mention for the race after in the bumper there's a horse there of twiston davis's called spirits bay uh son of black sam bellamy he won on debut under finn lambert at chepstow and i just love the way finn never put the stick down him at all and, and he really galloped out good to the line this fella i thought he looked quite nice this will obviously be a better bumper but nonetheless I thought he had a real lovely educational ride that day and he, he maybe looked like a horse to keep on the right side if so. That was just a couple for Donnie on Saturday, boys. Very good. Great stuff, Paddy. Always good to get those. Um, Gary, I'll come to you next. You fancy anything for the weekend coming? I know, again, as I said, it is early, but if you have anything, do let us know. Yeah, it was just a few went through the Cheltenham cards there earlier on this morning and just a few that stood out. Um, like Again, it's just entry stage, so they're not sure to... To rock up the 12 10 Cheltenham, one right down the bottom, Fire Dancer, uh, Venetia Williams, um, smart enough form in France, B. Cabadano, um, once upon a time in his first run, um, he looks like he has a, a handy enough handicap mark in the UK, um, so if he gets in, he'd be of interest. Um, then we would, was having a look at the 150 and um, the handicap chase, um. Who was I looking at in that one? Salab to Alan um, for Philip Hobbs. I think he's, he's uh, very well handicapped as well. Good form last year. Um, didn't probably fall into place at the festival for him. He still ran solid enough in fifth. Um, recent run there earlier in the month just probably would have left him spot on for here. Um, so I'd be happy to, to roll with him. He's a nice enough price. And then in the Ballymore Novice Hurdle, just a horse I really, really like is with Alvin Cott. Um, like ran ran well in his total debut at Cheltenham, followed up on New Year's Day. He won, uh, wasn't that impressive. Like there was some rag that put it up to him, but I just think he's gonna keep improving throughout the season. Um, I, I, I just really love the horse and love his attitude. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes, and he looks a fair enough price in it. Not the strongest, not the strongest race. Um, that'd be it for me. Very good. Happy days. And not last, last, but certainly not least, I should say, Dermo, uh, any fancies for the weekend that's coming? Yes, yeah, so I have a few. Uh, Longhouse Poet, I think, is a good bet. Um, just kind of win purposes against Tiopu. Uh, Tiopu, for me, hasn't stayed yet, so he's exactly the kind of one that I'd be taking on there. Uh, we know Longhouse Poet will see out the trip. Uh, Tiopu, we've absolutely no idea properly, so I'd be happy to take him on there on Thursday in the 2.15 at Goran Park. Then, in the big one, at Goran Park on Thursday, the uh, Thaisi's Chase. Uh, this is an absolutely cracking race, as it always is. No surprise to see Gordon Elliott with two up the front. Pensiful led with uh, Rob James claiming seven and Heskin over to ride Escaria 10. But I'm happy enough 
to avoid the, the whole front of the market. Um, I thought Gabby's cross ran an absolutely huge race at Cheltenham under Peter Carberry. Uh, sorry, at Leperstown in the Paddy Power. Absolutely huge race. Uh, cut through them all. I didn't quite get there. If Rachel Blackmore can keep Gabby's cross just a little bit closer, I think he, he's a really good each way bet there at 20 to 1 or so on Thursday. Uh, on Saturday at uh, the Ferry House card that, 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 that we all seem to forget was on, um, in the Solarina hurdle, this is a great race that uh, Honey Suckle has won in the past. This this will really define the Mayor's Novices hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival. Ash Road Diamond is going to be very short, is the real hipster pick. Um, completely understandable. Why as well? She's ran two really solid races in big ones. But Halka, the um, Taber there... Uh, for Gordon Elliott and Kenny Alexander, um, has looked really, really smart so far, and I think will go off a decent enough price. It's in backable price, five to two or so maybe, and I think uh, that horse is a really good bet to beat Astro Diamond. I think this horse could end up being the favourite for something like the Mayor's Novice there afterwards. Um, and then, last but not least, is the Skybet Handicap Chase. This is another really good race. Um, and again, GA Law, the favourite there, Captain Ord, in second, Dusart as well, who uh, Nicky Henderson couldn't find a race for not uh, not so long ago. But um, the one that I do, I like here is uh, T for free for Charlie Longston. Uh, this horse has just kept improving, keeps winning. They have no idea really where it is. Lily Pynchon will, will claim weight there. And um, at decent odds of, uh, of 10 to 1 in that Skybet chase on Saturday, the 3.15 at Doncaster. I'll be going for T for three, but the main one, Darren, is in the tastiest chase. I will be going for Gabby's Cross on Thursday. Lovely stuff. Uh, what you can't go too far wrong with those selections there from Dermot Nolan. That T for free is on an upward curve, uh, and so is Lily Pynchon. That right, she gave it an absolute screamer on New Year's Eve, and I think it might have been Doncaster as well. Um, but yeah, certainly a horse that's uh, on an upward curve. Right, lovely. Listen, lads, that finishes out this week's show. I uh, want to thank everyone for listening, as always. Um, and we will chat to you again on Friday when we run through the play spot selections uh, for this week's ITV card uh, in conjunction with the toad.co.uk, who we also thank very deeply for their sponsorship of the show. So thank you very, very much, and we'll chat to you again later on in the week. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews.